The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzchak Grossman, Dayan at the Beis Havad, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. The center can be reached for halachic services, consultations, and shilas at 888-485-VAAD or at thehalachacenter.org. Parashat Chayesara consists largely of the tale of the mission on which Avram sends his trusted servant, commonly assumed to be Eliezer, to find a wife for his son Yitzchak. The mission is successful. The servant brings back Rivka. Yitzchak marries her. He loves her. This is the classic story of an arranged marriage. In contrast to the story of Yaakov and Rachel from a couple of parashiyas later, parashas Vayetze, where Yaakov at the Be'er, at the well, meets Rachel. She's beautiful. He loves her. He chooses to marry her. According to some Rishonim and Achronim, he chooses to marry her, at least in part, because of her beauty. The story here, the story of Yitzchak and Rivka, is an arranged marriage. Yitzchak never sees her, doesn't know anything about her, until she's brought to him as a fait accompli. He marries her. Afterward, he loves her. A marriage was arranged for him by his father, Avram, and Avram's trusted servant, Eliezer. The Rishonim and Achronim raise two questions about this story. First, how can Yitzchak marry Rivka? The Gemara says, you're not allowed to marry a woman until you first see her. Second, how could Rivka get married as a child? The, you're not allowed to marry off a child until she grows up and can make a choice as an adult who she wants to marry. We're going to focus here on the first question, how was Yitzchak able to marry Rivka without seeing her sight unseen? We're going to discuss the, the sugya and kedushin that establishes this rule. We're going to discuss the answers that various Rishonim and Achronim give to the marriage of Yitzhak and Rivka. They similarly discuss this question in the context of Avram and Sarah. The Gemara and Baba Basra says that Avram saw Sarah for the first time, apparently, when they went down to Mitzrayim, decades after he married her. Again, what happened to the halacha of, you're not allowed to marry a woman until you see her. The others kept entire Torah. Again, we'll discuss the answers given by various Rishonim and Achronim to this question. Then we'll discuss a similar question raised by various Achronim. It was common in various Jewish societies in history, this halacha was not followed. Arranged marriages were done without the chassan having seen the kala before the wedding itself, or shortly before it. Again, Achronim discussed the question, how can we do that? The Gemara says, you're not allowed to do that. Even today, this practice is... In certain circles, it's still followed. Hasidic circles sometimes they don't see each other before the they don't see each other before the before the wedding. And again, post can discuss how are you allowed to do that? As we'll see, some of the svaras that emerge from the discussion of Yitzhak and Rivka and of Ram and Sarah are invoked by later poskim to defend the menhagim of of the societies that that they knew. So the Gemara Kedushin says as follows: The Gemara Kedushin says it is prohibited without seeing her, why not? Shema Yerba Dover Maguna, maybe he'll see something negative, something that bothers him, but this guy I love, he won't like her. Rahmana Amar, Vihav Talarecha Kamocha. It's a mitzvah, you're commanded to love your fellow man, certainly your wife. If you marry her in such a way that there is a good chance you won't like her, that is a problem. Incidentally, there is a chuva in the Marik. There was a young man who loved a certain woman, wanted to marry her. His father objected to the match. The question was, does he have to obey his father and decline to marry the woman that he loves because of Kibbutz Avaim or not? 
The Marik says, no, he does not have to, he should not, does not have to, and should not obey his father. He gives three reasons why Kibbut Aim does not require him to defer to his father's choice of a spouse. One of the reasons is, our Gemara, the Gemara says, there is a mitzvah of Recha and the Halacha requires you to marry someone that you love, that you will love, that will not be maguna to you. If you love this woman, she's the choice of your heart, and your father says marry somebody else, your father is telling you to violate the halacha of Chazal, to violate this halacha of marrying the one that you love and loving the one that you marry. It's like your father is telling you lavar ala mitzvah, lavar ala Torah, just like if your father tells you to not eat kosher or to not keep Shabbos, even if it's kibbutz aim, you don't listen. Here too, your father telling you not to marry the choice of your heart. Your father probably thinks you'll find somebody else. But Afal became the Marik said, because of this Gemara, Asir Lajim Shirena, because we have Kamocha, you don't listen to your father. Now the Gemara says Asir, you're not allowed to marry the woman, sight unseen, unless you see her first. Rambam and the Chinuch change the Lashon. They don't say Asir, they say Ain Roy. Rambam says it's not it's not appropriate to marry someone without seeing her. Chinuch says Roy, you should see her first. So there are those who argue that the, according to them, it's not strictly an Isser. However, the Tur and the Shulchan Aruch do say Aser, that they bring the language of the Gemara, Aser. Klosenberger and Divriyatsev, he has a tshuva we'll refer to several times. He tries to find Stade Heter for the Hasidim who are not, uh, who don't practice this halacha. He says, this is one side, that according to the Ram of the Chinuch, it's not strictly an Isser. It's hard to understand. The Shulchan Aruch says Aser. And if the Gemara says Aser, it means it's really not a good idea at the very least. Doesn't sound like much of a heter, but it's worth noting that the Ram and the Chinuch don't say Asr, they say Roy and Ain Roy. The Torah does say Asr, but the Torah says it's Asr im Efshir lo Lakad Shabbatsmo. It's Asr to marry via Shliach, where you won't see her first, if it, you're able to do it yourself. Beis Yosef explains what the Torah means to say is, if it's Efshir, if for some reason you can't be Makadishur in the normal way, like directly, for example, she's far away and you can't travel, or she is very modest. She doesn't appear in public. There's no way you can get a glimpse of her without marrying her. So that's not a good enough reason to drop the shit. Not a good enough reason not to Makadi, she says. If it's Efshir, you should try to see her first. If it's Efshir, that's okay. You can do the... The Gemara only says, Oster, if you have a choice. If there's no choice, then you can marry her anyway. Klosenberger says, okay, so if, if, if even Kvudabas Melech, if even Hertzniers is enough of a reason... What, that, that, that we, that we can dispense with the halacha of Asher Ladam. So, you're Tznias also. If you're a Talmud Chacham, you're someone Sanua, you're Yoshev Ohalim, you don't, you don't spend time with women, that's like Yefshir. If, if you're supposed to disregard your halacha of Asher Ladam, even because of her Tznias, her Kvudabas Melech Panima, certainly if it's your Ruchnias, if it's your, uh, if it's your strict, stringent habits of modesty, that would also be Yefshir. I can't, I'm not a person who looks at women, I'm not a person who spends time with women who are not married to me. He argues again that that would be called Yefshir. Returning to Yitzchak and Rivka. So Rishonim, the Rishonim of Ashkenaz, asked this question. They asked, how could Yitzchak marry Rivka? The others kept the Torah. How can they marry, how can they marry, how can he marry Rivka? Sight unseen. Behuda Chassid and Shefer Chassidim talks about how important it is to see the woman before you marry her. He says, Ein al Yitzchak avinu. What was Yitzchak doing then? He says, Israel. He couldn't leave Eretz Yisrael. Chazal say he was Ola Tmima. He couldn't leave Eretz Yisrael. Rakas Benilo Sash of Shama. Avram said he couldn't leave Eretz Yisrael. So again, it's like it's the Efshir. He seems to be saying he had no choice, so he had to do it this way. But ideally, one who does have a choice should make sure to see the woman he marries before marrying her. Moshe of Canaan, another work of the Balei Tosfos. 
He says, how can Yitzchak marry someone via a shliach? The Gemara says, Aster. Says in Moshe's Kenim, Nira Lomar, Delo Kitsha, Shabbat, said slow. He didn't marry her yet. The, the Eved, Eliezer, just brought her back. Yitzchak got to inspect her and, and see that she found favor in his eyes. Then he went ahead and married her. But there was no Kedushin before that. Rav Asher Weiss and other Chachamim point out that there are other sources, early sources, Rishonim, Midrashim, that seem to, that, 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 that understand that the Eved did do Kedushin or even Nesuin. But Moshe's Kenim is suggesting there was no Kedushin, that, that the Eved just brought her back for Yitzchak's, for Yitzchak's inspection. And once she found favor in his eyes, at that point, at that point, he married her. The Sefer Tzedel Aderach, that's a Sefer by Rizachar Ber Eilenberg, the author of the Be'er Sheva, Talmud of the Levush, he writes that you don't have to, you don't have to inspect her yourself. Well, the point is to make sure there's nothing that will bother you, no mum. He says you can inspect her via relatives. That's what Avram did regarding Sarah, we'll discuss soon. That's what, he, and Yitzhak also, he said, Yitzhak didn't see her because he trusted Relatives, he trusted the Ebed of Abraham, presumably he means he trusted someone else, his proxy, to make the inspection for him. You don't, so you don't have to see her yourself, as long as you have some way of being, of verifying that she will be pleasing to you, that she won't be displeasing, that is good enough. Ravasher Weiss himself says the Kasha that we showed him is not such a Kasha. He says, once he, he said, he notes, Nod Behuda says, Discuss, we'll discuss this more later. Nod Behuda says that the whole Isser of not seeing her is because we're afraid that later you'll have a bad reaction to something about her that bothers you. If you're, if, if you commit yourself, if you're Makabal al Atzmo, Shlotizgana alav, that come what may, she won't bother you. If you're, if you're convinced and you're committed to, to that attitude, then there's no problem. Nod Behuda is, is, is not coming to the Matra Lachlamais. He's discussing, uh, he's discussing, a, a complicated, complicated cheshbon in the laws of shlichus, but he does make this statement in, in, in the course of his discussion that if a person is makabel, that she won't be misgana, then it is mutter. So Vashar says here too, as long as Yitzchak was committed himself to not, uh, to not be displeased with Rivka, come what may, that would have been, you could say that would be okay. As we mentioned, the same question comes up with regard to Avram and Sarah. The circumstances certainly don't indicate that Avram never saw her, but the Gemara does. Chazal do. Chazal say that when they went down to Mitzrayim and Avram said, Ata yadati, yadati, I know that you're beautiful. So now I know that before I didn't know, the Gemara said, that Avram had never looked at her. Marsha asked this question. Marsha says, really? He never looked at her? Asir la'adam, Avas kept the Torah. So... How can he never look at her? How could, how could he never have looked at her? Marsha gives two terutzim. One of his terutzim is, he says, of course Avram saw her. When they were single, when they were dating, whatever it was, when they were young, he says, of course he looked at her. However, what the point was, once he, he looked at her, he saw that she found favor in his eyes, and he married her. From the time he had married her, he had not looked at her anymore. There was no longer any need, I guess. So he never looked at her again. And now it was decades later. She got older. So he assumed that the way of the world, when, when women get older, that uh, she's not as attractive. She was more than 60 years old, he says. So the he assumed she was no longer attractive. Then he looked at her and he says, oh, she's still beautiful. So that's what the marshal learned. Yes, Avram did actually look at her before they were married. He stopped looking at her after they were married. The Lavush, Lavush also brings this question about Avram and Sarah. And he says... That again, the, the whole reason you have to look at her is to make sure that there's nothing about her you'll find displeasing. You won't find a mum. You won't find a davar shalgnai. Avram did that. Avram made a basic cursory inspection. He didn't look at her and stare at her closely enough to appraise exactly how beautiful she was. 
he saw basically that, that she was okay, that there was nothing about her that would that, that was considered Maguna. But he didn't know that she was uh, very beautiful. Now, it was time to go down to Mitzrayim. Now he saw her and he realized that her beauty was actually going to be a problem. The Tzedel Aderach, Talmud of the Levush. So he first brings the Levush. Then he says, Rabbi Nebachia implies he never saw her at all, that he completely didn't look at her, even, uh, he completely didn't look at her even, even in a cursory way. So he says he would have a different answer, two different answers for the question. First he says, Avram didn't have to see Sarah, because Sarah was renowned as a great beauty. He brings a couple of statements of Chazal. She was called Yiska, Yiska Zusara, Shakol Sochen Biafia. She was renowned for her beauty. There were four Nashim Yefefias, Paolam, there were four gorgeous women, one of them was Sarah. So she had the reputation for being very beautiful. So he could rely on her reputation, he didn't have to check her himself. The other tarots he brings, we mentioned earlier, is that Avram, is that Avram could have inspected her via his relatives. Avram could have asked someone else to, uh, to look at Sarah for him. And that's what Yitzchak did also, he said. Yitzchak relied on the Ebed, I suppose. That again, you don't have to inspect her yourself. Similar to his first tarots, it was based on reputation, in the case of Sarah. This is a similar idea that you don't have to inspect her yourself. It's based on, based on other people, based on what people tell you, people that you trust. You can rely on that. The, a number of Akronim give another terror to the question about Avram and Yitzhak also. In the Sefer Yogel Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Gottlieb. So he says that the, he heard a terror, he saw a terror regarding the question of Avram, regarding the question of, uh, Avram and Yitzhak. That uh, the, the, the question of Yitzchak, how could Yitzchak marry Rivka? How could Avram send the Eved to, to find a wife? What happened to Aslam Lakadisha So he brings this tarot also that we that we saw on the Tzedel Aderach that you can rely on others. He brings that idea, but he also says he, he quotes this from a, a friend of his, from another Rav, a friend of his. He says the whole problem is maybe you'll see her later and she'll be Mizgana. That's only if you plan on looking at her later, like most normal people do look at their wives after they're married. But if you're going to be a person who's going to be Noheg, B'tzniyus, Gedola, that you're never going to look at your wife, there won't be any problem. Even if she has a mum, you'll never see it. Therefore, he says, so Avram Avinu never planned on looking at, never planned on looking at Sarah. He eventually did when they went down to Mitzrayim, but initially he never planned on looking at her. That's why he didn't find the need to see her even before the Chasana. Same thing with Yitzchak. Yitzchak planned on adopting Avram's pious custom of not looking at his wife even after they were married. Therefore, they could marry sight unseen because they expected never to see their wives even after they were married. Divrei P. Chachem Chain, he says, various other Akronim say this also, various other Akronim propose this idea that a man who never plans on looking at his wife even after the marriage doesn't have to worry about seeing her before the marriage. Rav Yashiv, they bring, disagreed. Rav Yashiv says, the Olam gives us tarots, that if you don't plan on seeing her after, there's no Isser. Rabbi Yashiv says, first of all, it didn't work. You see, Avram did actually see her afterward. I'm not sure what the question is. I mean, he didn't expect to. So he, it was, uh, it was an unusual circumstance. But you see, it doesn't work. I guess Rabbi Yashiv is saying. And also, low plug. He says that the halacha doesn't make these distinctions. The halacha says, low plug, that, you can't say, I'm not going to do this. And it doesn't work like that. The Chalm made a flat iser, low plug rabbanan, insofar as Avram actually kept the Torah then he couldn't make an exception for himself. The truth is, as we noted earlier, other Akronim do seem to assume that we do make distinctions, and we don't say low plug, like Nod Behuda. Nod Behuda says, Im gomer bedaito shumerutza. If, if, if you commit yourself to the position that you're going to be okay with her, even if there's Dover Maguna, there's no answer. So apparently we don't say low plug. So similarly, if you say you're not going to look at her in the first place, that would, uh, 
that 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 would be a possible that would be a possible hatter. The Gemara in the Gemara in Shabbos talks about a certain person. The, a woman was lame, and it says her husband never even uh, never realized she never realized he was uh, she was lame. The Gemara says Kama Tanua, how Tanua this person was again. Rechav Emden asks, but uh, you know, what happened to Aslav Shikaisha Tisha? She ran out. How can he not look at her? It's to me. He has to look at her to make sure there's nothing Maguna. Rechav Emden says that someone who's particularly Tanua knows it's not going to be a problem. We don't say low plug apparently that, that, that there is a hatter not to look at her. Others say that, that no, that, that 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 she hid her, she hid her mum. Think about that, that to Derek the woman to hide her mum, but something something external you wouldn't say that. I'll call upon him. There are Rakhranim who say that if that if you're that if you're committed to the fact that it won't bother you, or if you plan on never looking at her, then the Isra doesn't apply. Others, or Yashiv says we don't make those distinctions, we say low plug. And again, the Klosenberger gives his his tarot, he says, that someone who is committed to this very high standard of Tznius and doesn't look at women. So for him, that's like E.F.Sher. We already saw the Torah says, Beis Yosef says, when it's E.F.Sher, that, that, that when there's no solution, that this, we can waive this halacha. So here too, people who operate on a very high level of tznius, so n- not just like we were saying before, that they'll never see her later either, so there won't be a problem. I mean, there will be a problem. There might be a problem. But the fact is, if it's E.F.Sher, you can roll the dice and hope nothing goes wrong. This is called E.F.Sher. Someone who operates on a very high level of tznius, doesn't want to look at a woman before he's married to her. For him, that's called the Efsher, just like called Kudabas Melapanima. For her, for him, that's called the Efsher. When it's the Efsher, then we don't insist on, we don't insist on this halacha. So these are a number of the various Tarutzim that Achronim give, Shonim and Achronim give, to the questions of Avram marrying Sarah without seeing her, possibly, or Yitzchak marrying uh, Rivka without seeing her. Various Achronim give a number of other Tarutzim, also specific to Avram and Sarah. We'll turn now to the question of the Minhagim, that uh, historically in society, there were, there, were, there were Jewish societies in which arranged marriages were common, and the Chassan did not see the Kala until the wedding, or until right before the wedding. Now going back to the Rishonim already, we find the other halacha in the Gemara, the halacha that you're not supposed to marry off a minor, a Kitana, Rishonim already discussed, and in their time they used to arrange marriages for children, and they discussed what happened to the Gemara. But the, the question about, about not looking at the, a man not looking at his wife until he marries her, that question the Rishonim do not raise, that question comes up in the Achron. The first, one of, the first I'm aware of to ask this question is the Drisha. The Drisha, around 400 years ago, asked, he says, Anu nagin, In our Shaduchim he says, Ruba de Ruba. The vast majority of Shaduchim are sight unseen. That they're done via shliach, by shatkan, by intermediaries, he says, and the chasm doesn't see the kala. How can we do that? He says, no problem, because it's only shidduchim. He says, it doesn't say you have to see her before you accept the shidduch, it says you have to see her before the wedding. At the wedding, he says he sees her. The chasm sees the kala before he actually does the wedding. They meet on that day, or right around then, so they meet each other then, so that's okay. Alternatively, he says, we're samechantosis. Tosus asks this kasha again, not about Adshirena. Tosus asks this kasha about marrying off Katanas. So Tosus said, we have to because things are very difficult. If we have money today for a dowry, we might not have money tomorrow for a dowry and the girl will get stuck. That, uh, without money, you can't marry her off. Other Rishonim say things like they had a Shedda crisis where we're very few in number and we're worried that someone else might snatch away the, the girl if this, that's, that's something might go wrong if we, if we don't do the marriages right away. So because of various problems, because of various dechak, various difficult aspects of their society, it was considered, uh, Eafshir, the Drisha says. Based on Tosis, it was considered Eafshir, and this halacha too, of Asulat and Lakadesh, Ad Shirena, 
it was considered Efsher, and the and 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 they waived these halachas. So the drisha gives two answers: either because it doesn't matter if he doesn't see her before the shidduch, as long as he sees her before the wedding, that's okay, or because things are so difficult that we have to suspend the halacha; it's considered Efsher. The Beis Hillel is Matmiya the drisha. He says. What's the problem? He says, he doesn't see the kala? Of course he sees the kala, he says. We have a suda we make the night before the chuppah. We call it the chasen mal, the chasen meal. That's a custom that was apparently common in various European countries for centuries. Today it's not that common among the, among, among general Ashkenazim, among the Litvish, but some Hasidim apparently still do it. Maybe other Jews still do it. We make a chasen mal, he says. And there the chasen spends time with the kala, he talks to her, they see each other. And, the, and that's the reason for the Suda, he says. Probably, presumably, that's, that's certainly the reason, he says. Why were they massacring the Suda the night before the wedding? The non, there's a non-Jewish custom of a rehearsal dinner, but Jews had a similar custom of a meal before the wedding. It wasn't a rehearsal. What was the reason for it, he says? Minach shal Yisrael Torahu. We do it, to enhance the relationship. He sees her, he accepts her, and they shouldn't have any further kindness on each other. So we satisfy the... We satisfy the requirement by, by, by this chasimah. Precious other reason, he says, is a tam chalosh ma'od. So the tam chalosh ma'od, he says this reason. It's not really that different from the drisha himself, the first reason of the drisha. The drisha said they, they see each other at the wedding. He says, not just the wedding, they see each other the night before the wedding, at the chasimah, which was deliberately established for this reason. But it's a similar idea to the drisha. The fact that it happens after the shidduch doesn't bother us. As long as it's before the wedding, either right before the wedding or the night before the wedding, that satisfies the din of Aslad and the Kaisha Seisha Ajirena. Bishmuel brings the same idea, brings it from the Drisha. Basil, he says, we're not Nizar in this. We, we, we make Shaduchim blindly with a Chasmus and see the Kala. It's only Shaduchim. Before the Kedushin, he'll see, he'll see her, and that's the Chasun Mal. That's the source of the Chasun Mal, or we have the approach of the Drisha. Or we have other approach that it's that we're few in number, we're the same at, shidduchim are hard, and therefore we, we, we can't afford the luxury of, of always waiting for actual dates where the chas and kala meet each other. Some later echrim, however, did not like this idea. Some later echrim did not feel that relying on meeting after the shidduch, before the wedding, satisfied the concern of the Gemara. Ravari Leib since in his Sefer Tiv Kedushin, he brings the Beish Shmuel. He, he doesn't think it's right, he says, Meeting right before the wedding at the Chasun Mal is not going to solve the problem, he says. What's Pashup Shah of the Gemara? The Gemara says, if he doesn't see her, maybe after the marriage he'll find something Maguna, he won't like her, and that'll be a big problem. Why? Let him divorce her then if he doesn't like her. No one's forcing him to stay married to her. So what's wrong? What does the Gemara mean? So he says that the problem is, that itself will be a bizayon. It'll be a tremendous humiliation for her. People, tongues will lag. Why did she get divorced? You know, you never know whose fault it is, but people certainly gossip. They'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, look at her. She's divorced. Must be she's, uh, she's damaged goods. So he says, and that goof is a problem. Chadal didn't want that to happen either. And therefore, he says, the same thing applies to a shidduch. What are you doing? Right before the wedding, a day before the wedding, you have a chasun mal at the wedding, a day before the wedding. He says, okay, I, I find her repulsive. I'm not going to go through with the wedding. People are certainly going to talk. He, he dumped her after, he dumped her right before the wedding. So what is that all about? A tremendous boucher, he says. So he's, we find that they, they used to have knossos. They used to have penalties in their tnaim, in their engagement contracts, that if someone jilted the other, they had to pay penalties. And the, the Kadmonim explained that's because of the boshes, because it's a terrible humiliation to be uh, abandoned in, in the middle of the engagement. 
So the same way Chazal didn't feel that divorcing after marriage was a great solution for if it turns out he doesn't like her, so dumping her in the middle of engagement is also not a good solution. So clearly the concern of Chazal can only be satisfied by meeting before the engagement, not by meeting after the engagement. Certainly he says, it's bad enough if you meet her during the engagement, right before the wedding, he says, the night before the wedding, you're going to say, I'm breaking off the engagement. Uh, what, what kind of bizarre would that be? The, the wedding is all planned. Everything is planned. You're going to, uh, you're going to say right then that, uh, that, that you're not going to go through with the wedding. It ain't and God only that. Doesn't use that expression, but, uh, so of course that, that doesn't satisfy, he says, the need to Ashirana, so they have to meet before the Shaduchim. Aruch HaShulchan makes the same point, not in quite as strong terms, but Aruch HaShulchan also says he brings the Beishemuel, that we, that we satisfy the requirement of the Gemara by meeting at the Chassan Mall before the wedding, and he says, L'chatchila, vada yoser nachon, that the Chassan should see the Kala before the Shaduchim. Like Maral Sintz, he says, the ideal custom is certainly to meet before the Shaduch, because he says it slightly differently. He says he'll be embarrassed, he'll be embarrassed to break off the engagement, he'll find himself stuck. The Maral Sintz was saying, if he does break off the engagement, that itself will be a humiliation for the Kala, it's not appropriate. Arachashulchan has the flip side of the argument. He, it'll be hard for him to do it, it, uh, you expect a kid, you know, teenager, is the night before the wedding, he's going to tell his parents the, 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 the wedding is off. I, uh, there's something about her that bothers me. It, 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 it's very hard to go against the to go against the inertia at that point. So realistically, he says this doesn't solve the problem so well. He says so lechatchila, vada. He says it's absolutely preferable to see her. They should meet before the before the shidduch is made. They should date or whatever they should do, like we do. And he taka says umedina seinu in his time. He says in, in Russia. The minog was back then, he says, they do meet, they do have some kind of dates or sit-ins or whatever they were. They see each other before the Tanaim. Doesn't say how many dates, doesn't say how far before the Tanaim, but they should see each other at least to some extent before the Tanaim. Minhag Kasher, who he says, this is an appropriate minhag. This minhag is built on, on both din and shalom, on, uh, with wisdom to have uh, successful and happy marriages. And he also does not feel that you can really satisfy the Gemara's requirement in an ideal way by meeting right before the wedding. Similarly, even some of the Hasidim felt this way. Rabbi Avram Shalom Halberstam, the Admar of Strapkov, he says a certain person they tell once came to him that uh, he had a certain Shidduch proposal, and the problem was that the father of the girl didn't want them to meet before the engagement, because it's Nias, he said, I'm a, I'm a chassid, I have great chassidus, and I, from, we, we have very high standards in my family, and I don't want you to meet my daughter until after the engagement. So the Rebbe, the Strapkover Rebbe said, he said that, doesn't work like that, he says. Certainly today, he says, when the Tznaim is Indian Chazak, the Tznaim is a very serious commitment, he says, that's why, and it, it's, it's Bechal, Chazal said, Asala Adam Achirena, that means before you commit yourself to a uh, to a serious level of commitment, he says. So then today, that's the time he says. So the so so and, and not only that, he says what he's doing is wrong, and you should not be mashadik with such a person. He wants to be frimmer than Chazal. He wants to be someone who's uh, who thinks he knows better than Chazal. Chazal understood that that this is not the way to uh, that this is not the way that, that people should live. This, this is a person who is uh, far from, he says, and you shouldn't do a shidduch with. Uh, with such a person, so this is what this is what several posts can say. Again, they're, they're coming to disagree with the Kadmonim, the the Beis Shmuel and the Beis Hillel. Apparently, did feel that meeting meeting the night before, even though the Shaduchim were very, the engagements were very serious back then, 
but they felt it was enough to meet the night before the wedding. While these later Achronim, the Ma'altin, Sarah Shulchan, the Strap cover felt that this is not a good solution, since Shaduchim today are very strong. Uh, today, in modern America, they're not quite as strong as they used to be. We don't write, typically, some of the Chzidim maybe still do, but uh, the, the more American, the, the more American-style uh, Jews, and Litvish in general, don't write the same Tanoim that we used to months before the wedding, but still, engagement is certainly a serious thing. It certainly causes busha and gossip, and therefore, the argument can be made that it's uh, misvara makes a lot of sense. We should not rely on meeting right before the wedding, that to Mekayim Chazal, you really should meet at least at some point before the engagement. As we've been saying, the Klosenberger in Devriyatsev and elsewhere says the Minog is not like that. The Minog among Rabbanon Kashishoi, some of them at least, are not mocked on this, that they, uh, they, uh, that they have engagements, blind engagements, where the Chas and Kala don't see each other. So he goes through all kinds of various different stadim. He says that, we mentioned, first of all, you have the Ram and the Chinuch, let's say it's not strictly Osir, again, but Shulchan Aruch says it is, and even according to them, it's, it's not the right thing to do. Also, he brings his Yefshir Svara, because the, the, the Hasidish uh, Bachram, I guess, are raised with such a high standard of Tzniyas, for them it's Yefshir to go, to go looking at the, to go looking at the Kala. Third, he says, we rely on family, he says, we rely on, a person relies on his parents, and his friends, who we trust, to tell him that the Kala is someone who will not be unfavorable to him. That's as far as we actually saw. It does go back to the Kadmon, and that's as far as that we first saw in the Tzedel Aderech, who suggests that that's how uh, Avram and Sarah and Rivka got married. So that's as far as that we did see in the Kadmon, and because of all these faras, he justifies the minhag of the, he justifies the minhag of the, of the Hasidim to not be machbid before the engagement to, for the Chas and Kala to see each other. We'll just give the final word to Rabbi Gottlieb, Rabbi Chaim Mordechai Yaakov Gottlieb, in his Yagel, in his, in his Yagel Yaakov. So we mentioned, we mentioned that the, we mentioned that he has this idea, which he likes very much, that Avram and Yitzchak, because they were so pious, they planned to never look at their wives after marriage, and therefore they didn't have to see their wives before marriage. However, he's not actually recommending this. He says, it's Lav Klolakayel, because there were many tzaddikim who did not have these standards of tzniyas, who lived more normal lives, who, who did not leave, who did not live these like Malachi Elokim, and even the Holy Tanaim, he says, he quotes various examples in Chazal that they did live normally with their wives. He gives the one of the stories he brings is the story of Abba Chilkiah, that his wife came to meet him and she was all uh, bedecked in, 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 perfume, in perfume, she was all made up, and he explained why, why is she coming out to meet me like this? Isn't that a lack of sneers? He said, no, that, that's what she does, that, that, that's how we live, that she, that, that she dresses nicely, she makes herself look appealing and attractive. The reason is, in order that I shouldn't have thoughts and I shouldn't start uh, hankering after other women. That's actually how, how some of the Rishonim explain Yaakov and Rachel. Why did he care that she was beautiful? Why did he look for a beautiful wife? One of the reasons they give is because the deacon want that, so they shouldn't... Uh, they shouldn't have yearnings after other women. But anyway, he says that that's the... We don't all live like this, he says, like this extremely high level of tzniyas. And his original question, actually, is somebody wanted to argue that, that we shouldn't meet before the Shaduchim because it's problems of estaklus. And he says, no, he says there's ample basis in halacha based on the pastures of the Gemara and Kedushin that a person should meet a woman before he marries her. And he says that it's, it's legitimate, it's, it's muskim in the postkim, that that is mutter to do that. Even if some people have the meaning not to do it, he says it's clearly mutter mikra din. And he winds up, and this is uh, sage advice, good advice in this context, as well as in other contexts, he says, 
He says he wants to explain a very important principle of Avodah Hashem to his correspondent. His correspondent apparently was pushing for a more extreme version of Tzniyas and not to meet even before, before the Shaduchim. So he says, anything which is Mechuyuv Meikra Adin, you have to do it, it's Osir to do it, he says, then that's not negotiable. Ein Lahashim Mipnekol, you have to do it, that's it, there's no further discussion. However, he says, something which is not Meikra Adin, it's a Chumrah and a Chasidus, could be a good thing, but it's not Meikra Adin, it's only Chumrah and Chasidus, he says, you need a, you need judiciousness, you have to be Shokel, the Mosnik Tzedek, when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate, why might it, why might it not be appropriate? Maybe because of Yuhara. It can lead, it, it's, an, it's, a, it's a sign of Gaiva. There are various Minhagim, the, the Gemara and the Post can say you shouldn't do because of Yuhara. Or because, Shlo Yashomi Midas Abrios, people will, uh, you don't want to stick out and you don't want to behave, uh, drastically differently from everyone else. Certainly, he says, when it comes to Shaduchim, he says, it's a mitzvah, Kal Yomazimnehu, it's a mitzvah to get married and to do it in an efficient and, and, uh, an effective way, he says. Chas v'shalom to delay shidduchim because you have your chumras about not meeting before the shidduch, he says. Certainly, he says, even if there is some chumra here to be stricter about sneas, he says, not at the expense of more important values. And that's the bottom line, the, the pashas of the Gemara, the pashas of the postkim is certainly one that one has to, one should, and one may even have to meet before the wedding. Some postkim say meeting before the wedding just once, right before the wedding is fine. Chasen mal, or even at the wedding. Other later posts can say, no, you really have to meet before the Shaduchim, certainly if it's a uh, serious Shaduch with a Tanaim, maybe even without that. There, are, there were some societies where they didn't meet till right before the, till right before the wedding, and even today there are, there are some Hasidim who defend the custom not to meet before the wedding, but the Pashtas is that the Chasim Kala should meet before the Shaduchim. The Beis Havad on the Parsha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultations, Service, educational seminars, or media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org, or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.